Welcome to another uh, segment on local matters. I'm George Hallford, your host, and uh, it's another great day to be alive, folks. And I am so pleased, we're so pleased to have as our guest uh, a good friend, uh, someone who means a lot to me and means a lot to this community, and uh, Will Roberts. Will, uh, welcome to the show, and we're going we're gonna to go deep today. We're going to have some fun and hopefully do some meaningful things. Thank you, George. Glad to be here. Will, um, you, let, let's do a commercial for your business because that's good. You are in the pest control business. Indeed, I am. Have been for how many years? And tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, I've done that pretty much all my life. Grew up in that business down in South Texas. And okay. uh, I started uh, Will Roberts Pest Control here in, in Cookville, Tennessee in 1995. Okay. okay. Um, and uh, have been doing it on and off pretty much the whole time since then. And that's great. Well, we're going to really talk about a subject that, um, and we've talked about this many times before. There's not a family in America, probably, that some member of their family does not have uh, addiction issues. And most of the time, we talk about addiction. Uh, we talk about drugs and alcohol, but it's 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 a lot of other things too. But I think probably the focus today will be more on drugs and alcohol. You know when I when I see, when I see you and I don't know whether this has any con- connection at all. I think of Saul on the road to Tarsus that became Paul. You are a uh, leader in this community and and serving and helping people uh, with their uh, individual addiction issues. So we we just want to talk about that this morning. But want to uh, first let's talk about who are you. Let's get started birth. Don't spend too much time in high school. Okay. But let's just talk about who you are, where you've been, what you do, what you've done. Yeah, George, I was uh, um, I was conceived in Alaska and born in Massachusetts and wow. raised in San Antonio, Texas. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my father was in the military. Uh, after a uh, uh, long stint in the music business, he played with uh, some of the legends of country music. He played with... Uh, Tex Ritter wow. and some of the people uh, around that era. And uh, when we moved to Texas after I had been born at Westover Air Force Base in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, we moved straight to Texas, and that's where I was raised in San Antonio. Wow. You were talking growing up, uh, being in a music family, just how different that was, how exciting I'm sure it was in other ways, but uh, challenging in others. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, George, you know, when uh, when when I was growing up, my father was a professional musician. He had left the military uh, after 12 years because they wouldn't let him moonlight in the music business. And uh, he was very well known in South Texas for the music business. And uh, they were starving artists. My yes. mother, my mother struggled. She was a, a, she had addiction issues, and she was a, uh, she was a barkeep and a, and a waitress. And my father played in various bands all around uh, South Texas, and eventually had his own band for many, many years. And I, I started working with him at the age of ten. Wow! And so I grew up doing this, and and uh, he was a. He was a staple in that community, and I grew up around everybody who was anybody in the music business in the South Texas area back in the late 60s, early 70s. You know, when they do the country, the music uh, history, you were right in the middle of the Texas, what, swing, the, 
I mean, the, that era type of country music and uh, nationally. I was very fortunate to, if I started naming names, everybody would know who I was talking about. Sure. I don't like to drop a lot of names, but I, I've played with many, many major artists and and uh, grew up doing that in, in my life. My my father, uh, after uh, I turned, I guess, 11 or 12 years old, he started a family pest control business, actually. I see. Okay. So uh, I would go to school in the morning, uh, get out at 2 or 3 o'clock, and then we'd go do pest control work for the rest of the day. And then at night, we'd go play in the, in the nightclubs and the, and the honky tonks. So I grew up all my life as a, as a little boy and, and on up, um, having those two jobs. And then of course, going to school and, and, uh, um, it was a, a very interesting way to come up. Uh, very unusual, a lot of opportunities, but again, for a young person, you had a very demanding childhood and schedule didn't you no. i did and and <clears throat> i didn't have any brothers i had three sisters okay, okay. and uh the two were older than me and i got to tell you hand-me-downs were awful in my house <laughs> <laughs> we uh we had uh, uh <clears throat> a family band uh, after i turned about 12 or 13 years old we had a family band called the generation gap and we did hmm. uh a lot of kenny rogers in the first edition type music oh, man. and and uh, back in those days, we, we had a, a very well-known, very uh, great following in that part of the country and uh, traveled a lot and played a lot of Air Force bases, Army bases, uh, played all over South Texas and uh, Laredo and, and Corpus Christi and, and down in Brownsville, all over, all over the south of Texas. So you did all that, uh, and then you moved, then you, you're a teenager or you're moving on, and let's, let's pick up. The next little chapter. Well, I have to say that uh, in in my family, my earliest memories were of of parties at the house. Sure. Uh, and and all the musicians would come over and play wow. and sing, and and everybody was drinking and and uh, doing all kinds of uh, drugs. Uh, and um, so I grew up in that environment. And you know, my parents were wonderful people. They loved me, but uh, they both had addiction issues. Sure. And sure. so uh, at my earliest, my earliest memories were staggering around in the living room, sipping off everybody's beer. And, and uh, you know, they, they weren't bad people, as I said, but, but uh, they weren't people of faith pr- primarily. And, and, uh, and that was just how we were raised. Uh, it was a culture. It was a culture that, that still exists in the music, entertainment, it does. Well, to me, it's all of society all today, of society. but back then, certainly the creative class. Or Absolutely. The, if that's the word. But, yeah. So you had that as a background, and um, talk about how you began to transition t- toward uh, addiction. Well, you know, that started me off in, yes. the, in the trajectory that I wound up um, following uh, until I finally got sober in my early 30s, but... Uh, all my life, I, I turned to drugs and other forms of addiction, alcohol, uh, unhealthy relationships with women, um, lots of different stuff uh, um, to solve emotional problems that I had going on. And I didn't really have any other outlet. So I utilized all those things. You know, girls wanted to meet the boys in the band. And no I, never, I never understood that, but I, I never questioned it either. You know, so what football and boys in the band. That's right. And uh, <laughs> so those were those were things I never learned how to build a healthy relationship because all my relationships were predicated on on what I wanted and what I needed and drugs and alcohol and so forth. Not a normal 
growing up, but pretty normal. That was society. Not, not everybody was in a, a band or drummer, but it, when you were describing that, I think about my life and my friend's life and how, how, why some of us got stuck and some of us didn't at that particular, in certain things. Right. Most yeah. people go through a uh, period of, uh, my mother used to, grandma, my mother used to call it climbing Fool's Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good Some of us still climbing Fool's yeah, Hill. Absolutely. But, but it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, ter- it's a challenging time of your life anyway. It is. And, um, so how did you, uh, so you're moving forward, you're, um, how did that progress? What? Well, I, I wound up, of course, having to uh, do, uh, as addiction takes over, you lose your choices. You lose your ability to make good choices. Um, and uh, eventually I got to the point where I was putting drugs in front of everything sure. else, uh, including alcohol. And, and uh, uh, I started getting in trouble with the law, and I wound up uh, eventually – um, catching a five-year sentence for uh, a delivery charge of marijuana and, and wound up having to do a year. And then I did four years, as they say, on paper. Uh, and during that period of time, I was introduced to uh, recovery for the first time from addiction. And I was 20 years old when I got out. And the um, the recovery process that they had me going to was Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. Yes. And uh, – I didn't stay in that lifestyle. I kept uh, kept relapsing, and, and I never did stay clean and sober. And addiction just continued to grow until eventually I went. I turned to religion, and I started playing with uh, a huge TV evangelist. Some people might know who John Hagee is. Oh, sure. Uh, I worked with John for eight years, and during that period of time, I got married, and we had a couple of kids, and I was trying to get better. He baptized me in the Jordan River in Israel in oh. 1983, oh. and uh, I was doing my best to get better, but uh, but I wasn't willing to turn my will and my life over to God yet. So I, I was struggling through that period of my life and wound up losing my wife and family because of addiction, and uh, she divorced me after eight years of marriage, and and so it was a it was a very trying time in my life, which sent me on a big downhill spiral, and uh, eventually wound up. Um, having to uh, um, learn to cope without my family. You know, as you were discussing that, uh, someone there's not a hardly a person I'm sure in your listening audience hasn't been affected, and I've been personally affected. And I remember as I was attending uh, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, it's almost like I'm listening to reading a novel mm-hmm. because all the it's very predictable the stages isn't it the sure the is. downward spiral and common so it's very common and it's um and it's not normal but it's it's a it's just part of life isn't mm-hmm. it for a lot a lot of people sure is. and um so but you had I want to come back in in just a a few minutes uh, after a break but and pick up on that and talk about how you move forward and and what you did but it's uh, uh hopefully someone out there listening to you uh will will take advantage of this and uh we'll talk about that later too i'm uh here george halford uh, we're talking addiction with uh i called him paul or saul a while ago but he is a servant leader in our community uh, uh we're talking addiction back soon
What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Well, we're back. Uh, George Halford, Local Matters. Uh, today, we're, we're really talking about a very serious situation. Uh, we have Will Roberts uh, with us, a, a servant leader in not only the Upper Cumberland, but the state of Tennessee and throughout the country. And I think you're doing some things even overseas, and we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. But this whole insidious thing called addiction. And and how it's it's so predictable if you uh, with Alcoholics Anonymous and life recovery. So let's pick up right there where you you are trying. You know you've got a you know that you've got an issue that you're trying to to resolve on your own or with some friends' help. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about that in depth. For yeah, George. Uh, when I first found out I had a problem, I was twenty. Sure. And uh, that was in 1978. And for those of you who cannot count, that makes me like 45 now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're not not going to get into that right (laughs) now. For those of you who can't count, just keep it to yourself. But, no, when when I first found out I had a problem, I started in earnest trying to find ways to fix it. But uh, I tried medicine. And I tried the religious lifestyle, which I say that uh, not not church. I'm, I, well, by that I mean I, I thought I could be good enough for God. And, yeah, you can earn and, it, and I could earn it. And then and I tried psychiatry and a bunch of other stuff. And after I, my wife had taken the children and moved a thousand miles away from me, um, I decided uh, to uh, to just do my best to to try to live my life and still use. Um, yep. During that period of time, I, I kept spiraling downhill and downward, and and eventually my brother-in-law called me from up here. He was playing with the uh, major country artist who is now in the Country Music Hall of Fame, and he said, I cannot promise you this job w- playing drums with this guy, but I can promise you a fair shot at it. And by then I was so broke that I moved to Tennessee in 1987 in a stolen car. Oh, and, my gosh. And, uh, and when I got up here, uh, I— I got that audition, and then I got the job. And within a couple of weeks, I was flying to Europe, and and we were, uh, I was back in the in the music business, had the great job again, and all of that. And I decided I was just going to smoke some pot and drink some whiskey, and I wasn't going to do narcotics anymore. Oh, and sure, the other drugs. And um, then I, after a couple of years being with that artist, I wound up almost getting everybody in the band busted in Germany. And so when we came back from that tour of, of Europe, they uh, they let me go. And I wound up out here in Jackson County uh, in the Nameless community. Nameless, uh, sure. Out sure. in Nameless, uh, in a one-room shack with no running water, no electricity. 
I'd lost my hustle. I'd lost anything uh, to do yeah, with you. Were down. I was uh, completely down and, and wound up uh, April 18th, 1989. I rolled off a dirty old cot onto my knees and I asked God to help me. Uh, and it was the first time I'd prayed a sincere, earnest prayer in many, many years. And so he directed me and I went to an AA meeting that day. And from that day to this day, uh, I've never had to have a drink or a drug since then. That's been coming up on 35 years. Now, Having said that, uh, I do five things every day. Okay. Every single morning, I roll off off the bed onto my knees. I've been doing that every single day for the past 34-plus years. Every day, I read the Word of God. Every day, I do my dead-level best to go to a meeting. Every day, I, I reach out to somebody who's suffering. And every single day, when I go to bed at night, I get on my knees and I thank God for what he's done. And he takes me on into the next day. And those have been the, the uh, components of my recovery for the past 34-plus years. Well, I, I shared with you earlier, and we talked earlier, a few years ago, however long it was, the way I ran it, uh, got to know you was through a need that our family had uh, involving some personal things. And I went to see Bobby Davis at uh, Life Church, and I went to a great, a great, great spiritual leader, Dr. Tony Hudson, my personal physician. And there were some others, and every one of them said, you need to get to know and see Will Roberts. So that's how I, that's how I came across Will Roberts and learned that there's a, there's a community of faith here. There's a community of addiction recovery it's strong, and it's out there to help anyone. Do you want to give out your uh, – if anyone wants to call you or text you uh, uh, f- for help going mm-hmm. forward, would you mind sharing that with our audience? Not at all. If if you have the Internet, you can go to liferecoveryforyou.com, and that's liferecovery, the number four, and the letter U.com, and that will give you a list of the meetings that we do. Um, my f- personal phone number is 931-544-4541. If you've got somebody that's struggling with addiction in your life, then uh, just give me a call, and we'll see if we can hook you up with the people that, that can help you get where you need to go. We've got a whole uh, uh, crew of, of folks that work with us, a bunch of volunteers that try to help every way we can. We also have got a center right downtown at 155 East Spring Street, around the back of the building, under the hospice unit. Uh, there, right, uh, it's just west of town and west of downtown of the square. And we've got uh, 3,000 square feet down there where we have 20 meetings a week. And these wow. meetings are life recovery meetings. We do our meetings out of the Life Recovery Bible. Uh, they're, they're meetings, and the, the primary component is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Uh, we've got lots of people that, that are there on a regular basis. We have meetings morning, noon, and night, and you can find all that on our website, and, and we urge you to give us a call. We want to help you any way we can. You know, as you were talking, I've lived in several places in this, most of the South during my so-called career, whatever I've been doing, and uh, the community of faith here, I have never experienced it's wonderful. A it? community of, of people who care and believe. And uh, and I'm not, this is not an evangelical show per se, but mm-hmm. maybe it is in some ways. But I've just met so many people who care about people. 
and I've seen it in different ways. Mm. Uh, We're can, fortunate. Can you share, talk a little bit about your experience with this yeah. community when it comes to just people, spiritual people? I primarily uh, utilized Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous for upwards of 30 years for my recovery and a place for me to do service work, um, continuing on in my recovery and helping others to get into their recovery. The bottom line is, is about five years ago, Pastor Bobby Davis Pastor Bobby. Uh, convinced me to be ordained. Oh, I and, didn't know and that. when I was ordained, uh, God set my life on a brand new trajectory. And and uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to start life recovery here in Cookville uh, about almost four years ago. And we have gone from one meeting a day, and we've now got over 30 meetings a day in the, uh, I mean, a week in the uh, uh, in the surrounding areas in Cookville, Tennessee. <clears throat> you know, so this we're, is we're blessed. Basic fundamental. There's no substitute for being around the community of faith or the community of like-minded people. Amen. And I know I've seen it myself coming to your meetings. Uh, so if you are a uh, a person in need, there is there's a there's a place for you. There there's a meetings day, morning, noon, and night. There sure are. And we will go. Uh, we're going to spend a, more time in our next segment um, uh, talking about life recovery, talking about your new facility, mm-hmm. which I understand was basically donated services. And we're, we're going to spend a lot of time on that in a moment. But is there anything else you want to share in this segment about you and your recovery and bottoming out? And, you know, um, I think everybody has to hit a bottom. I believe that. Um, sadly, sometimes the bottom is death. And yes. <clears throat> we struggle in our community with uh, with a lot of things, but one thing we don't struggle with is availability of meetings. So we've got That's that right. available to us. Well, the one thing that, that I learned, I learned hopefully a lot of things, was there is a pattern and it does end in death. And mm-hmm. you have to buy, one has to bottom out. Right. George Hawford, Local Matters, uh, talking with... Uh, uh, someone I care very deeply about, and 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 has already made a difference in my life. Uh, Will Roberts, George Halford, local matters uh, here with Will Roberts talking about a a subject that affects er- virtually every family that I know of, and that is addiction. Uh, primarily, we've probably been talking more about alcohol addiction, uh, drug addiction, but maybe we could start there. Let's talk about addiction in general for just a few minutes about. Mm-hmm. There's different kinds of addiction. It's the yeah. human It's human. It's the human condition. It is, and and I'm a firm believer that addiction is just the absence of utilizing God for your purpose in life. Now, in addiction, you begin to utilize the things of this world. Yes. To uh, assuage the the pain and the frustration and the heartache and all of those things. Uh, it can be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be uh, methamphetamine. It, it could be uh, work. It could be money. It can be um, emotional uh, connections to people where you put that in the front of, in front of your relationship with God. You know, the Word of God says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added into you. That's right. And so what, what we believe is is that we're trying to live. People in addiction are trying their best to live a life without the use of God in their lives. And so what life recovery does is it's is it usually utilizes the 12 steps which came out of the Bible and it utilizes those steps to help us to become disciples so that we in turn can disciple other people and teach them how to live a life keeping God as the cornerstone of our lives. 
work very closely with Alcoholics Anonymous. I think what I've heard, and I hope this is correct, is is life uh, recovery is faith based. I it mean, is. you can you you can say you can say things uh, that you that you if you're dealing with uh, a different audience and stuff, it's, it's virtually the same thing. It is the the difference is this: Alcoholics Anonymous decided back in the forties uh, uh, that. 1940s, that is, that um, they they wanted to use the words a power greater than ourselves. That's right. And the reason they did that is to to be inclusive. To for broaden people, the to, base. To broaden the base. Sure. Yeah. Um, what it did uh, eventually was it gave rise to a bunch of people who started calling a doorknob their higher power or an oak tree their higher okay. power or whatever. We believe in life recovery. That our our higher power is God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's what we believe, and and it doesn't make us uh, more effective or anything. No, else. it's just a what different it is, approach. It's, it's a different approach, and we believe that completely because we happen to be in a Christian community, and so uh, we have we have taken the steps back to where they originally came from, which is out of the Bible. That's where they sure. came from. So when we use that uh, terminology, it's it's not comfortable for some people in Alcoholics Anonymous. But they, you can come to our group and and say whatever your higher power is, and that's fine with us. That's God. We don't, we don't have a we yeah. don't have a problem with that. But the, those of us who have stayed and and worked this program for a long period of time, when they, when when we are asked, we'll tell them exactly who our higher power is and where you can access him. And we believe that that's through the Word of God. Well, it's just a different approach. It's it's the same type stuff, but public funding, governmental, there's m- funds available probably publicly for <clears throat> al- Alcoholics Anonymous. You might speak to that. Life recovery is 100%. Well, it, it's private. It's, it's self, self-supporting. See, now, all of these 12-step programs, they have a set of traditions, and one of the traditions say all these groups are fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, and the reason for that I is, see. is so that they can have their autonomy. Yes. So that they can uh, they can meet in a Catholic church or a, or a Protestant church or a or a Pentecostal church or whatever, and and they're not relegated to having to utilize the the um, the theology of that particular place. And so we we want to remain fully self supporting, so that we when when somebody starts giving you money, then they get to tell you what to do. Exactly, with you know, and that's and we don't want that in in life recovery. We choose to be a Christian organization, and we come straight out of the Word of God, out of the Bible. So our whole goal is to let people know that that we believe that He is the way and the truth and the life, that no man comes to the Father but through Him. And what we've been successful in doing is hitting a whole new demographic of people who wouldn't go to AA, and they won't go to AA because they're not talking about Jesus. Yeah, you know, just a different approach. It's a different approach, and we see it from a different angle. Let's spend uh, some of the remaining minutes that we have. Let's talk more about what you're doing. I mean, I hear bits and pieces, everything from halfway houses, working in Knoxville, working in other, just your mission. And and, uh, I'll go back to Saul and Paul. And and when you get into Acts and Romans, the the, the preaching to the Gentiles, you you are out there with a broad mission. Well, what but it we, starts here. What we did was I had a vision uh, and, and still have a vision that's expanding all the time. And God shows me light unto my feet. and helps <laughs> me. But and every once in a while, he'll shine the light out in front of me and tell me that, that where I'm going. But he won't give me very good of a look at that, you know. <laughs> so I have to I have to just mind my, my P's and Q's. And where we're at right now is 
Uh, we're in the second phase of a multi-phase project. We started out by building lots and lots of meetings, and we've got those. Then we moved into uh, uh, securing a facility downtown Cookville. And the reason we got that facility was that, that we could centralize our location where all the meetings could meet there and people could f- come to just one place. That's right. And that's so right. that they don't have to go from church to church. And that's a recent thing. It's a recent like thing. 90 days. Less, that's correct. So this has been that's a dream, correct. a vision that has brought fruit. It's, it has. And it's bearing fruit. You know, if you if you uh, put your tomato plants in those little black cups, little bitty one-inch cups, <laughs> they'll only grow so big. Right. But if you take those those tomato plants and plant them out in the garden, you get a whole bunch of tomatoes from them. And so that's what we've done. The next step is going to be, uh, as far as we know, we've got a great board of directors. There's a, a, a company that we've started called Life Regeneration Ministries, totally separate from okay. Life Recovery. Okay. And what Life Re- Regeneration Ministries does is it does evaluations, it does assessments, it does inpatient treatment facility, it does uh, halfway houses, it, it, we, we help with transportation, we help with job placement, and all of those things. And all those things are in the process of being built. And, and we are a 501c3. Uh, we've just got that status. By the way, we got that status in 15 business days wow. was the turnaround, which was almost record. unheard of. You record, know, that's sure. that's record time. And and we did this build on on this building. By the way, uh, in 34 days, we did a, about a, a fifty thousand dollar build out on that building for sixteen thousand dollars. Yes. So people have been helping us, and and we're very very grateful to the community for supporting us. But we're we're trying our best to do a really really good job at at, at getting people meeting them right where they're at and helping them to get all the recovery that they need. And you're connected with all the. Churches and social service agencies. I mean, it's really a, a great network of people. It is uh, who care. We're it's from the heart. We're blessed. It's from the heart. And uh, so, so, what do you see in the future? You, you, some of this is the future. But where is God leading? You know, I'm a big dreamer, George. <laughs> I've, I'm one of those guys that I don't look. I don't pray small. I believe my God is a big God, and I do my best to to pray in in a. Uh, uh, connection with that, what I believe he can do. I, my goal is to see the guy that edited the Life Recovery Bible is a friend of mine. His name's Stephen Arterburn. And, okay. and he sold millions and millions and millions of Bibles. And he and I are working together. And my our goal is to see a Life Recovery meeting in every city in the United States of America. So what what we're aiming at is building a, a, a process that has the it's called continuity of care that has the same exact process all the way from the deep inpatient treatment to outpatient treatment to halfway houses and on to long term continuum of care long term going to meetings for the rest of your life if if that's what you choose to do and nobody's really doing that with one process all the way from top to bottom so that's what we're aiming at and that's where we're succeeding in you know when we when we got this edict to do this god put it on our hearts and we just started working hard and and he's just d- delivered day in and day out and it just keeps getting bigger and we're excited about it you know i've attended some of your meetings uh uh to learn and to grow uh, myself and i you see people from all walks of life this mm-hmm. isn't just one group or another group people this is a it, it doesn't know you don't have boundaries in this is no, that that's class correct. distinction social no a funny story I've had uh, we have several pastors that have been coming to our meetings 
And uh, I had one pastor that, in particular that came to me, and he said, uh, man, I'm here to help you with these people, Will. I'm real excited. We're going to get these people well, and, and on and on. Meaning and well. Yeah, and meant well. And he came about four meetings, and one day he turned over and looked at me. He said, you know what? I am one of these people. Amen. <laughs> there by so the grace of God it, yeah, go all. It doesn't, doesn't matter if you're from Yale or from jail or from the penthouse. Or, That's it. Or That's from it. The, the, the poor house. Uh, Everybody qualifies for life recovery. We all have issues in our lives that we need to place at, at, at God's feet. And, and this program gives you a vehicle to do that and a set of principles to do it by. And if you, if you stay, you'll, you'll learn to stay and help other people. It's a wonderful, wonderful process. You know, I've been paid to say this, but what a special place we live and serve. And I, uh, my wife and I retired here after uh, 20, almost 20 years here, but I was 40 something years, you know, around and kind of like an itinerant Methodist minister, but it's real. This place is real and we've been blessed. It's a and, blessing. Yeah. And, uh, let, let's just take the last, uh, t- uh, period of time and, and talk again about addresses and phone numbers. And I mean, we sincerely want to hear from members in our radio audience who have needs. Absolutely. And if not, go go see your pastor, right? I mean, That's it, right. there's a lot of ways to skin this cat. There sure are. And But talk, talk about that just a moment. Anytime that you come up against an issue in your life that's controlling your life and keeping you from being at peace with your life, um, God wants to help. And that's just a fact. And we want to show you how he's helped us. That's how we do this. My phone number is 931-544-4541. That's my personal phone number, and I don't mind anybody having that. Please call me. Uh, People call me at all hours of the night. Ask my wife. She'll tell you all about it. Uh, But uh, uh, also go to liferecovery4u.com. That's the number four in the letter U, liferecovery4u.com. You know, the philosopher William James once said, a difference which is no difference is no difference at all. Mm. And thank you, Will, and thank Life Discovery uh, Recovery for making such a big difference in our community and region. Uh, George Hofford, Local Matters uh, with Will Roberts. See you next time.